Hello and welcome to Secrets of Storytellers. I'm Shubham Agarwal and today's topic on the podcast is storytelling. Yuval Noah Harari in his book Sapiens has acclaimed gossip as the foundation for humankind's survival. And I think gossip is one true form of storytelling. You know, the more animated the story, the more believable it becomes, the more fun it is to hear. Don't you agree with me? Storytelling thus is probably the oldest skill humans possess and an important one. In fact, someone did something very interesting in the US recently. He bought some nine random items from different collectible kind of shops and he put out four of them just normally, you know, without any story as such. And the other five he put out with the backstory of the items, where they came from, their origins and uh, you know, what made them special. No points for guessing the outcome. The five items sold for a value 3000% higher than the four others. The that's I think the power of a compelling story and hence storytelling or the art of storytelling is even more important in this day and age when you have excruciating amount of noise, excruciating amount of content in the market. But how do we construct a compelling story and more importantly, what are some of the things we can avoid while uh, you know, communicating our stories, common mistakes that we make. Let's discuss with uh, Anjana Menon, our guest for today. She has uh, authored two books. One is called What's Your Story? Subtitled The Essential Business Storytelling Handbook published by Penguin Random House. And the other is Onam in an IT. Subtitled Stories from a Kerala Quarantine published by HarperCollins. Now, you might think these are two poles apart books with very different uh, topics, very different uh, themes. But I think they have one thing which is very interesting and which is common is storytelling. So let's welcome Anjana. Uh, hi, Anjana. Welcome to Secrets of Storytellers. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on the show, Shubham. I'm really excited to talk about storytelling. Oh, wonderful. So are we, Anjana. Thank you. So, uh, Anjana, before I ask you, you know, how to be an effective storyteller, how can you tell better stories? I'd like to start by asking, why does a story stick? You know, why is this whole storytelling game work? What's the origin of, what's the reason for that? So I think stories stick usually because they're memorable and they're relatable. If you're able to recall them, you know that that story will stay and it'll also travel. Storytelling, um, you know, like you alluded to um, when you opened the podcast, is also the way we've been communicating for centuries. It's in some ways, the way we learned our first lessons, you know, through stories that were passed on from our parents, maybe even grandparents True. and siblings, you know, they're all micro stories. You may not think of them as such, but they really are micro stories that taught us good from bad, right from wrong. And this whole tradition of listening to something to imbibe something is one of the oldest traditions in the world that cuts across all cultures and, uh, you know, uh, countries and nationalities. So stories is something that we're very familiar with and comfortable with. Right, you're right. Uh, I mean, if you ask, uh, what's your fondest childhood memory? I think 90, 95%, 99% of the people tell the stories their grandparents or their parents would tell them at, you know, bedtime stories or otherwise. Right. Right. So what would you say is the need for a good story? You know, uh, why do we need to tell a good story? Um, we need to tell a good story because 
that's a way to recall things. It's easier to remember things. Even if it's a tough concept or a difficult idea, you can communicate better through storytelling. Storytelling in many ways can make the intangible tangible. You know, one of the oldest examples of storytelling that pretty much everyone knows about is, you know, Newton's theory. If you ask them mm. about the formula, they'll say, we don't know. But the minute you tell them, do you know the story about uh, the apple falling from the tree? They'll go, oh, yeah, Newton's theory, right? So. Uh, right. That's because they're able to visualize the story and, you know, the idea of gravity becomes really clear. Well, that's that's actually very nice because you're right. <laughs> I've never thought it like that. But everyone would know the Newton story for sure. Maybe not the formula as such. Exactly. Yeah. Bring the discussion to your books. You know, you've beautifully written uh, about a quarantine story, which I thought could be, you know, a mundane story, something which is very normal probably for someone who is in a quarantine. Mm -hmm. uh, while the business storytelling book is a highly impactful set of knowledge, uh, I think has a lot of tools, a lot of uh, ideas for any professional. Mm -hmm. uh, could you give us one hack or a tip, you know, that could help us bring out a worthy story? Um, so, you know, like you said, both the books are totally different genres. Uh, the book on the quarantine, Onaman and IT, uh, is the more recent of the two books. The other one I've co-authored, the business book I've co-authored with um, right. Audrey Bruckner and Mary Beth Sandel. Uh, and they're both different genres. But I think, um, you know, in in the second book, which is, by the way, it's creative nonfiction. It's not fiction, though the, you know, the title might make you think it's fiction. It's right. it's true stories set in Kerala during a quarantine in 2020. Um, what I think works in that book is an element of surprise. And that kind of is something that works in a lot of storytelling, an element of surprise where the reader wasn't expecting something because that's when the reader will sit up. Mm. Now, you could, of course, uh, you know, say element of surprise in a business book. I think in a business book, it gets tweaked a little bit. It becomes about tell me something I don't know. The minute you learn something that you didn't know, it kind of forces you to pay attention and it whets your appetite for more. Right. So the, the rules are kind of slightly different mm. uh, and they can be interchangeable. But I think these are two good pillars. No wonder, uh, because, you know, from the book uh, Onamin and IT, while I was reading it, uh, the day when the cop did not call you, you know, uh, for the listeners, they might have to go through it. But the story is such uh, so sad that uh, the cops call her every day and, you know, uh, to check if she's in the quarantine, she's following the rules and everything. And there's a day when she does not call you and there's a surprise as to what will happen now. Why did it happen? And uh, you're right. I stood up and I was like, OK, there's something new in the story now. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you've built up the expectation and you expect yeah. the same thing to happen, but something different happens. And, you know, within that story, without giving things away, there is an element of surprise in that as well. So um, I think that book does work because, uh, you know, there are 40 stories in the book um, hmm. set in and around Kerala. It's a little like uh, you could say, I mean, the comparison that most people have said is it's like Malguri days. It's like R.K. Narayan's Malguri days, ah, nice. but, yes. uh, you know, set in uh, set in Kerala. So all of those right. 40 stories, there is a little bit of an element of surprise. And I think that is what readers have found engaging and charming. Nice. I love the comparison with Malguri days because I think that is, again, one story which uh, is extremely popular among Indians. And you're right, it comes very close to that, the way you have told the story, the way you have narrated the whole incident, uh, the whole, you know, quarantine stage. Thank you. 
So, uh, Anjana, practice, I think, is definitely a way to improve the skill. You know, you get better as you go on, keep doing it. But uh, is there any technique which probably has helped you as well, you know, that can help improve storytelling or probably a common mistake that people make when, you know, everyone wants to be a great storyteller these days. Uh, so anything that, you know, you would advise or suggest? You know, my formula is always keep it simple. That's really the top tip. Okay. Don't overcomplicate. Don't uh, tell a story to impress. Don't write to impress. You know, tell a story for everyone that's relatable. Write in a way that's relatable for everybody. You know, arcane is great for, you know, satisfying yourself, I guess. But if you're looking to tell a story that the audience will pay attention to, then the top tip is Keep it simple. A common mistake, hmm. you know, storytellers have is that they want they want to kind of impress or they want to show off. And once that ambition takes over, you lose the story. Oh, that's nice. And do you think uh, that brings in artificialness or what does it do? Probably when you are trying to impress, what does it what does go wrong? I, I, mean. I think you try too hard and then you lose sight of the goal. You're trying so hard to impress, right. whereas you should be working hard on telling your story well, hmm. you know, in a way that everybody understands. But when you're trying to use words which are difficult, when you're using hard language in your writing and jargon, thinking oh, this is going to be impressive, it actually has the reverse effect. Because remember one thing, you must never force someone to sit Oh, sit, you know, take a dictionary and sit, uh, open that and sit and look at, yeah. you know, try to figure out what you've just said. You're right. It, books where, you know, you have to refer a dictionary every now and then becomes boring after a point or, you know, you, you lose that interest. Tedious. It, yeah, actually, that's the right word. Tedious. Yes. Uh, but, you know, this whole storytelling buzz is out there. I think everyone's crazy. Everyone knows that you got to tell the right story. Half of the profiles these days on LinkedIn also say a storyteller, which I'm not saying uh, is good or bad. I'm just saying that it is how it is right now. Uh, and that brings in the need for, you know, being uh, creative or uh, be different from the others, because how do you stand out of the crowd in these times? So that's exactly what my question is. How do you find that creative edge that cannot be replicated, something that we call as a decisive edge? So um, I think everyone loves a good story. And the way to stand out is to be honest and genuine. You know, everyone can tell when a story is genuine and it's from the heart. And those are the stories that get the most views. Those are the stories that get the most comments and hits. You know, we live in such a curated world, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Twitter, it's always best foot forward, right? So we're constantly trying to cover yeah. up our foibles. We're perfect. You know, we're, we're living a perfect life. Like we're living a life that's really everyone's right. envy, at least on social media. So uh, yeah. we, I think, have somewhat forgotten the power of honesty in writing and in social media. And when people say things which, uh, you know, mirror the challenges, the struggles or um, the trials and tribulations that you face as well, that does get a lot more traction. Mm, right. You know, we've talked about a lot of tools in uh, What's Your Story on how to, yeah. you know, stick to the knitting and don't digress. And keep it straightforward and honest. And, you know, if you're lying, you will get found out. It's a matter of time. So stay away from that. Be genuine and be honest. And in the second book, which is set in uh, Kerala, you know, in Onuman and IT, the most common refrain I hear from readers is that it's really honest and relatable. 
So that I think has worked for the book. Hmm. Right. You're right. Uh, we live in a digitally perfect world, if not a perfect world, uh, because all these platforms have everything right, have everything perfect in everyone's life. And, uh, you know, recently something that I read also was uh, all these platforms are like, you know, they are made to give you the feeling of FOMO in your life, because that's exactly what everyone's trying to do with their posts and everything. But I think honesty and whenever there's a story which which is really relatable and, uh, you know, something that is around our lives, you you definitely see a great amount of traction for that, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so these are all the good things about being a storyteller, having the skill of uh, telling a good story. Are there any downsides? I am not sure, but are there any downsides of being a storyteller? Uh, any reason that you should not be a storyteller? Well, you're not going to get a straight answer from me on that, right? Given I'm a storyteller, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, okay. uh, you know, jokes aside, I think we're all born storytellers. The problem yeah. is that we, you know, because it's become a fashionable word, we now acknowledge it as a category. But when you look back, uh, you know, think about it, whether it's a story your grandparents have told you, whether it's a story you've told your uh, friends when you were growing up or your cousins or your family, or it's a story that you tell your colleague about, you know, it's something as simple as, uh, you know, why you like something a lot. Mm. And you might just launch into a story about a certain association you have with it. It's how we engage. You know, we don't engage like you do in an email communication, right? Or in a business presentation. The way you actually reach out to people is through these stories. So it's what connects everybody, probably what makes people likable because, mm -hmm. you know, emotions is what keeps us together, right? So we, we find something emotionally appealing and we stick with it. Uh, we find something emotionally disturbing and right. we avoid it. So my view is mm -hmm. all of us are innate storytellers and make the most of it. And it, it's a form of communicating better. And I don't see any mm. real downside to it. Right. Uh, why I was asking probably is because, you know, I was coming from the context uh, of probably a workplace. Now, what happens is mm -hmm. uh, the business storytelling is something which is something that everyone tells you to do these days. And because like you said, very rightly, that you cannot connect in an email, but a story can help you connect. And, you know, for leaders, for people who are at management positions, uh, stories do become a great way of connecting with their colleagues and, you know, subordinates. But to me, a probable downside could be that, you know, someone could be addressed as the person who always or only tells stories. You know, they do not have anything of value uh, or real inputs that they can add to it. How do you make sure that you do not cross that line, you know? So I would say tell stories for a purpose, not for the sake of it. You know, it's important to tell stories that drive home a point. What is this point that you're trying to make? Now, one right. of the nicest examples I've heard recently, which is a real life example, you know, sure. when I was discussing uh, my book, What's Your Story? Uh, it was a story from a business leader who said that, well, you know, it's amazing um, that you've written about this and, you know, how, how to hone your storytelling skill because... Um, he said he would always explain his style of management through a story. And his story was quite simple, that he came from a fairly modest background where they didn't have a lot of the you know, so-called frills in life. And um, the one thing, though, that his uh, parents made sure that he and his siblings had was always a full kitchen. They never had to sort of, um, you know, fight over food. His mother always told okay. him that, 
you know, here's a generous amount of food. You can eat all you want, take as many helpings as you want. But all of this will stop day you waste a morsel of food. So he was telling me that whenever he encountered wasteful ideas or, you know, unnecessary expenses in his firm, he would tell the people the story. And the connection he drew was that you have access to all the resources in this company. Right. As long as you don't waste anything. So he ran a tight ship and everyone understood the point he was making. But it was such a relatable story. It was so memorable. And it was such a personal story. But it sort of, you know, created a bigger point. And that, I mean, I'm amazed at the fact that, you know, how well that story communicates the point that he's trying to make. Because... Uh, you know, cost cutting, budgeting, all these things that an everyday story and everyday thing that, you know, probably professionals or management people, people senior in the company want. And by that single story, what he's done is incredible, I think. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, that really is the power of storytelling, right? I mean, as a management leader, you could always tell your firm, I don't encourage waste and I want you to be frugal or I want to be careful. I want you to be careful on how you spend. Yeah. But the minute you tell someone the story, that story is going to remain with them for the rest of their lives. Like this one, totally, Anjana, because this is going to stay with me. And uh, with your liberty, (laughs) I'm going to use it as well. (laughs) Sure. Wow, wonderful. Great. So I think, uh, obviously, I can go on asking you how to be a better storyteller. And I'm sure that you can tell us uh, loads and loads of stuff because you are an expert at it. Uh, But yeah, uh, I think thank you for so many, you know, tips and techniques on how can we improve our storytelling. And obviously, there are two books that are wonderful ways of being a better storyteller. So I would really urge uh, the listeners, if you wish to pick up the book, the link is in the details. Uh, At this point, we'll uh, come to the concluding section of the podcast, Anjana. Uh, And this is a section which is common across all my episodes, all the 58 episodes that we've done on the podcast. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's uh, tell a secret section. And since you know, we call the podcast uh, Secrets of Storytellers. I want to ask you one secret about the book. <laughs> you have two, in fact. So probably a secret from either of the books or, you know, your your journey while you were writing the book that uh, you've not really spoken about in the open, I would say. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's any great secret because both the books are, you know, fairly straightforward. One is like a reference. It's like a ready reckoner mm. on any form of storytelling that you can virtually think of right and that's useful for students it's useful for management it's great for cop comms for journalists um, and it's a bestseller in many categories uh, on amazon the second book is uh, obviously uh, you know a more light-hearted book Um, it's about quarantine living it's about slow living and the joy in the small things you know the discovery and it's it's more a nostalgic uh, look back on a different way of life But the one thing that I, uh, you know, that isn't spoken about much, uh, which I think um, I would like to uh, talk about is that you always need to keep a distance from your work. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. there is a process of creation in which you can fall terribly in love with your writing. Uh, And I feel that that's not such a great thing. You know, never fall too much in love with your writing. You know, doubting one's skill is sometimes a good thing because it keeps you on your toes. And I Mm. think the worst thing for a writer is to be too complacent and to write thinking that everybody will love what they've written. 
And uh, my rule is assume that people may not like it. And once you, you know, once you do that, it will force you to think quite carefully about right. what you write and how you write it. So I think not enough people talk about it. And there is the general assumption that authors are in love with their work. Um, and I'm sure many authors are, but I, I found that the thing that helped me the most was to keep a distance from my work. I could use that as a filter, you know, now onwards, asking the <laughs> author, are you in love with your writing? <laughs> because you're right, the day you feel that you have become great is the day you fall. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the right thing. Lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Anjana. I think it's a great lesson, uh, though it's personal to you, but something that we can all learn from and, you know, imbibe in our lives as well. With whatever work we are doing, we should always question and keep some distance. Lovely. So thank you so much for having me, Shubham. And uh, thank you for your very thoughtful questions. Thank you so much, Anjana. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And I am definitely sure that, you know, it's going to help a lot of people who listen to the podcast. Like I told in the, uh, you know, in the middle of this podcast, we're going to drop the links for the books uh, in the links to this episode. You guys can please pick it up. Thank you once again, Anjana. It was lovely speaking to you. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, this is Shubham signing off. Bye-bye.